Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. My phone's ringing. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio episode number, Brandon. One. 86. Um, Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me as always is Brandon Lee Galton of Bleeding Green Nation. We're going to get to uh, a few things here on this episode number 186. Eagles had uh, their second OTA, well, excuse me, second media attended uh, OTA practice, uh, second and final, that is, uh, of the offseason. We won't see the Eagles again until training camp begins in late July. So we'll get to some observations both from practice and from a number of the Eagles um, players uh, interview sessions over the past week. We'll get to a little Steven Nelson slash Zach Ertz debate and we'll talk a little bit about where Brandon and I have the Eagles ranked in the NFL, the NFC and the NFC East. Brandon, how are you doing, my friend? Jimmy, doing great. I saw you earlier today, just a few hours ago, <laughs> right. really, from the time we're recording this on Friday afternoon. It is indeed the last Eagles OTA practice before training camp, which is weird because usually uh, we have at least several in normal years leading up to the final day. And usually the final day is kind of light. Uh, but in you know the strange world we live in now, we're kind of resuming back to normal. We got a little taste after not seeing any OTEs at all last year. So I guess this is better than that, but it is right. still kind of weird. And obviously, before we get into it all, I want to mention that BGN Radio brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, which you can get by going to RighteousFelon.com using discount code BGN15 for 15% off the best snacks that you can possibly buy. Jimmy, I figured it made sense to kind of just do what we did last week a little bit in terms of the format and run through some of the observations we had from this week of OTAs in terms of what we saw in practice today on Friday, and then the press conferences that also took place this week. Right. We'll go back and forth. We'll, I think last time we went to 10. I don't know if we have 10 this time. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, but we'll stop whenever we run out of stuff. So uh, you want to lead us off? You want to bat lead off here on uh, your first uh, takeaway? Sure, Jimmy. And it can't not be Devontae Smith for me because <laughs> yeah. I... Leading up to the draft, very clear that I wanted the Eagles to draft Devontae Smith. Big Devontae Smith fan. And everything I've seen out of him, Jimmy, is really impressive. It started for me earlier this week when the Eagles posted a clip of him from their practice at the NovaCare Complex, which we were not at, but they they showed a clip. And you just saw how smooth he is in that clip. Like He's running straight forward. It looks like he's sprinting straight ahead, and he comes back to the ball. Now, there's no defense or anything, and it's OTAs, and there's no pads. I get it. But like 
I just don't recall seeing a lot of Eagles receivers at the very least that we've watched practice settings like move the way he does effortlessly. Yes. It's really impressive. Today in practice, he made a one-handed catch in stride, Jimmy. And it, not a one-handed catch that was like right at him too. Like when he had to leap for, the ball was thrown a little bit high. Uh, Tim, Mc, Tim McManus, shout out, had the video. Nonchalantly uh, caught that, by the way. Nonchalantly. I don't know if you saw this, Jimmy, but Merrill Reese, the great legendary Merrill Reese, who has seen quite a bit of Eagles football, put his hands on his head after Devontae made that <laughs> catch. And like his mouth was agape. He was just like, he was in awe. So Merrill parked too impressive. close to me in the parking lot today, by the way. Uh oh. Wow. He could, just he, he could barely throwing shade on Merrill Reese. <laughs> on I don't co sign this. <laughs> I definitely, I got there before him. So he parked there after me and on the way out. He had trouble getting into his car because mm. uh, he had parked too close to me. I don't know if that was because the guy wow. on the other side of him, you know, wasn't wasn't within the lines properly. Let's just I say it is. <laughs> I was properly inside the lines, but yeah, he he was he was a little tight, and we got there at the same time. And I was like, I, you, I was like, I can get, I can pull out first, and then you can you can get in if you'd like. And he's like, no, 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 I got this. <laughs> so so anyway. <laughs> Beyond your your uh, very important Merrill Reese parking observation, uh, the other thing I wanted to add on to that, and to him just looking so good and like like just obviously so good, and I want to stress that not all receivers look like this. Again, this isn't just like commonplace. Like Devontae Smith looks as good as you could possibly expect him to in this setting, which you know, not again, not live drills, not even seven on seven or eleven on eleven, just warm ups and individual drills. But he looks really good, and I'm excited about it. There's a lot of reason to be excited about him, Jimmy. He was also lining up with the first team wide receivers, which couldn't shouldn't come as a surprise. There was Devontae and Jalen Rager on the outside, and Greg Ward in the slot. And I've actually seen a lot of people kind of get mad about that. I feel like on Twitter, there's like this yeah. big Greg Ward discussion blowing up now. Well, you and I are both on the same page on Greg Ward in that he's not a deep threat down the field. He's not going to do. He's not going to threaten many. He's not going to threaten defense with uh, you know run after the catch ability once he has the ball in his hands. So, like, I mean, we've talked at length about his career yards per catch average. He's just not really a weapon. He, what he does do is he catches the football, which is a skill that has eluded uh, Eagles wide receivers over the last half decade. So I can, I can understand like why he was playing in the past, but, uh, if it's, if it's me, I think the Eagles top three receivers are Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager and Travis Fulgham. So they'd be the three guys that I'd want to get on the field. Fulgham was on the outside with the second team, mm -hmm. uh, along with Deontay Burnett. And then in the slot, no, he's not on the team, Jimmy. Who are you thinking of? Who's 16? Quez Watkins, baby. Oh, man, I'm dumb. All right. I got to get back up on uh, my... Don't edit that, Rachel. Keep that in. Well, now... Well, the problem <laughs> also now... Yeah, don't edit it. Now I'm thinking about the practice notes that I put together. Because oh, I have Deontay Burnett in there. That's embarrassing. And now <laughs> you have to suffer here, too. Like, you can't change it if you're on the podcast. I can't. There's nothing I can do about it. It sucks. It's the worst feeling ever. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So, Quez on the outside and then... uh uh, JJ Ortega Whiteside on the in this. By the way, I probably messed up Jeff McLean on that too because he's he's like who's sixteen? Very confidently, I was like, oh, I was hmm. Deontay Burnett. He's like, he's still on the team. I'm like, evidently, nope. <laughs> so, well, I don't think he did practice. I don't think he's doing practice notes. So I maybe didn't screw him up too badly. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I think the takeaway there is that JJ was in the slot, which um, hmm. you know he's been playing on the outside. Um, you know, throughout the first two years of his career, mainly. I think he makes sense in the slot for two reasons. One. 
Um, I mean, he can maybe find a niche there in that he can, you know, have maybe bully in a smaller slot corners. I mean, we've we haven't seen what we thought he was going to be coming out of college, which is sort of a contested catch machine. And I mean, just we just haven't seen that at all. So, I mean, maybe he can do that against uh, smaller corners. And then also he's going to be an asset in uh, in the slot, uh, theoretically, on run plays where, you know, he's a good blocker as, as a wide receiver, as we saw last year. And uh, that'd be a mismatch again against smaller slot corners. So, yeah, I, I kind of get where they're where they're trying him out there. And um, I think if he can be at least sort of a guy that can find, again, like a small niche role, it's better than nothing. What Anything on Devontae? Because you didn't touch on him at all. Yeah, so also he had a catch in the back corner of the end zone too. Yes. Where uh, I posted a video of that. That thing, I hate saying this, but that thing has like 1,400 likes. <laughs> so like the some the fans are pretty fired up about that catch that he made where uh, it was a throw. Like it was actually a pretty well-placed ball. It was back corner of the end zone, and he went up, kind of made, made a twisting catch and a little toe tap. Uh, and really what you see there on that catch was his ability to, you know, first of all, his awareness, his field awareness, and then also um, his body control. And the other thing too is like, I think he's got sort of like an underrated uh, catch radius. He's only yeah. six foot, but you can see where I don't, I don't, I don't know that he got his arms measured. He did. The, it's like sixty-seven percentile or something. Okay, so he's got so longer arms for a guy that you would expect for you know that that's only six foot. So yeah, I mean, and he uses and he uses every bit of uh, of you know his arms and length, or he did on that catch anyway. So uh, a lot of people really, really. Uh, liked seeing that catch, but a few different reporters had that. Like a few people commented uh, on that tweet and said something to the effect of like, I've seen like 10 different reporters <laughs> like post this and I can't get enough of it anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he, he's been impressive so far. And um, uh, to me, like those two catches that he made, the one handed grab that, that you talked about, and then the one in the back corner of the end zone, like nothing to him. Like, I don't think like he would like, oh, if, yeah. if, if you were to say like, wow, that was a great catch. Like, I think he'd kind of be like, uh, really? <laughs> like, did you not see like my thirty-minute highlight highlight reel at Alabama, like where I made those kinds of catches like routinely? So, yep. Uh, it's it's but you know for over the first two media attended practice in this extremely small sample size, he has been impressive catching the football. He also high pointed the ball on that play, like you know went yes. up and got it at his highest point. Love to see that. Uh, he's just really good, man. He's going to be really good. Um, what is your observation? We only only one, only one observation in, and we're ten minutes deep. That's good. All right. So uh, I would say during the week, uh, Dallas Goddard uh, spoke with the media, and he revealed. I mean, I don't know how much of a revelation this was, but he did say that there have been some sort of talks between he uh, and the team in terms of the exact quote. Jimmy was. Contract stuff is still in discussion a little bit. (laughs) Okay. Right. So they had the. His side and the Eagles have it both at least acknowledged the possibility of a contract extension for Dallas Goddard, which makes sense. I think, um, you know, the players that make sense for a contract extension would be Goddard, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat, Jordan Mailata, guys like that. So uh, it's something that they've done in the, like, I mean, the Eagles sort of MO is getting players done early, maybe not necessarily, um, you know, guys on rookie contracts, but certainly guys that they think can be long-term fixtures uh 
on their offense or defense. They they like to get those contracts done early before they, you know, sort of test the open market. So we'll see if there's movement there. I think he's probably the most likely of the four guys I mentioned between he, Barnett, Sweat, and Mylotta to get that early extension. So it's just noteworthy that uh that he did mention that there there has been some whatever the quote was, contract stuff, talk, whatever. <laughs> so I don't know, just a small observation there. But uh uh yeah, I mean he he is uh, I mean, he, he is going to be the starting tight end, obviously, in 2021. Would you extend him? Like, would you be really rushing to extend him? Obviously, it all depends on the number, but let's assume, like, you're trying to get it done at all costs, basically, before yeah, so, this year. Um, I'd have to take a look at the contracts that got handed out. I feel like tight end position actually did pretty well this offseason during free agency. Hunter Henry, John Smith. And they went early too, like a bunch of tight ends went off the went off the board very quickly. So it's not, and teams aren't just looking for like one tight end these days, even if like they're not going to run like a you know a base a garbage two tight end personnel offense. <laughs> right? They still are, you know. Sometimes you know, some teams do have two tight ends. So even if there's a team out there that thinks they have like a, a tight end in like the fifteen to twenty range or something like that, there could still be a team that that would be interested in a guy like Dallas Goddard, who is you know in my opinion a top ten type of tight end. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, he would make sense for me to to get a deal done with early. Obviously, under the um, the assumption that you get a little bit of a break, in that um, you know he does he doesn't get as much as he would on the open market, but he ensures that he gets a gigantic signing bonus uh, and and sort of uh, you know before there's a risk of him having some sort of devastating injury during this season. So I would kind of wait if I was the Eagles, okay. um, unless you're like, yeah, you'd have to be getting some kind of concession or get yeah, that, yeah, you got to get a break. You're saying, of course, yeah, I would not rush to pay him, you know, top of the market now, just so you don't have to pay top of the market in the off season or something like that. Because the uh, something they consider here, Jimmy, is the franchise tag for a tight end next year, according to over the cap, is only projected to be eleven point three million. Mm-hmm. Like, ideally, you don't want an eleven point three million cap number on the books but like that's reasonable like that's in play and so like i i would not just be like saying like you have to get this done i think just from taking the contract out of it like we need to see dallas goddard still i think make it through a season as a volume tight end like we haven't seen that yet five games last year and in the past, he's in 2019, like he was playing through that banged up uh, calf, like the calf injury he had. Yeah, like he's he, only, he only missed before. one game, but he was definitely affected by that injury. So uh, it's it's not just the injury, too. It's just like I think we've seen Dallas Goddard be really good. But again, like we don't know if he's a volume tight end. He could be. Like I think we've seen enough ability for mm-hmm. him to say like to make that projection reasonably. But like he hasn't done it is my point. Like Zach Ertz, we know – is a volume target. Like we know because we've seen him do it. Like he can handle that workload and all of that and that and be effective. Like Dallas Goddard has been effective in a smaller role. And sometimes when you put those players in larger roles, it's not exactly what you imagine right. it to be. Sometimes it is. I'm not saying he can't be. I'm optimistic about Dallas Goddard, but I'd kind of, I'm okay with, I think, waiting. In general, I want to sign players earlier. I kind of agree with the Eagles mantra to do that. But in this case, like I'm, I'm not totally rushing at all cost. Uh, that's, that's where I'm I am with it. I think the one game that um, you'd really be encouraged by with him was late in 2019 uh, against the Cowboys, where, you know, it's essentially for the division, 
Um, and we had, I think he had like eight catches, 91 yards, something like that. Whatever. Touchdown early in the touchdown game. Touchdown in there as well. So, yeah, he came up big in a game that I don't think Ertz played in that game, if I recall correctly. I don't remember Correct. exactly, but um, yeah, but so that that was a game for me that I thought, okay, well, you know, he, the team needed him to step up, and he, and he did for them. So uh, again, we're going back a, a, an extra year there, but uh, yeah, I, I do think that that he can be the guy, but um, yeah, you, you'd prefer to see it. My next observation, Jimmy, is the Andre Dillard or Jordan Mailata left tackle competition which came into focus a little bit more this week because yep. we heard from both Andre Dillard and Jordan Mailata. They talked to the media through Zoom. And did you make it I'll, before you even get to there? Did you make anything of them giving us both guys back to back, no less? I mean, they, it seems to stress <laughs> that it's a competition, right? Well, so n- normally, like, the way the media cycle works is <sighs> – that's an obvious storyline where that's going to be a big training camp battle. It's the best training camp battle that we're going to have mm-hmm. because his first starting job is for a premium position. And it's clear it's just this player against that player. And it's going to be yep. one of those two guys. So like normally reporters like us are going to go up and interview Andre Dillard. We're also going to go interview Jordan Mailata. And th- so that's totally normal. However, in this climate, the Eagles just kind of give us players and it's got a randomness to it. Like they don't think. They don't think of us that way typically like, okay, we're going to give them this player and we're also going to give them this player because it makes sense for them to interview both of these players at the same time. They just don't do that. Like they don't think, uh, they don't think of us that way. So, um, I thought it was interesting that they had those guys back to back when they gave it to us and sort of like my, uh, conspiracy theory here is that they were trying to generate, uh, a bunch of Dillard versus Mylotta. Uh, articles and in turn could perhaps uh, coax uh, trade inquiries for one player or the other. So uh, anyway, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about that specifically, but uh, it, it just, it, my, my ears kind of perked up it, like immediately when we, when they said we were going to get both of those players. Uh, what was that? Yes. That was uh, what? Thursday? Thursday. Yeah. And I guess, you know, there are media requests for these players though, too, right? Like, like I think, that's my impression. Like some people are like requesting anyway. But um, so yes, but that normally happens in the, in the, um, the text group for Eagles PR and the media. Mm-hmm. And that did not occur there. Okay. Good insight. Trying to get back on that, Jimmy. <laughs> um, uh, Andre Dillard to Jordan Mailata. I asked Jordan Mailata, big time flex here. Uh, if he, like, what's the deal? So is he like, are they actually rotating each day? Like, I, I wanted to see, like, is it an actual competition or is it like Jordan Mailata is getting all the first team reps and they're calling it a competition? According to Jordan Mailata, they are splitting days as, okay. at the first team left tackle spot. So make of that what you will. Did you follow um, up and say, okay, well, who got the first day? Um, I didn't. Well, we saw from what we saw, <laughs> yeah. it was Jordan Mailata. <laughs> right? Was that, so, was that the, that was the first practice? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was. Okay. Yep. The the first of their phase yeah, three. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so interesting. And uh, a lot of people, Jimmy, kind of came away with the takeaway that Andre Dillard had like a good press conference. Like he was honest. I think kind of mm-hmm. like accountable. Is like you know like I need to get better, and I'm I'm feeling more confident. And a big thing with him, which is I think important. 
and I can speak to it personally, Jimmy, is social media and like the toxicity of that. And it's good to get away from it. And props to Andre Dillard for getting away from it because there's nothing probably that's going to benefit him from being on there. Yeah. So good for him. Now, with all this said, Jimmy, I very vividly remember doing a podcast with you last summer after a certain Eagles former second round pick named J.J. Arthega Whiteside said like similar things, not the same exact things, but it just seemed like, wow, JJ kind of seems different. Like he seems like more confident. Right. It seems like he may have turned a corner and he's kind of having a decent training camp too. At least it seemed like at the time. So I'm not ready to be like Andre Dillard has turned a corner and he's totally going to be fine. I still, you know, have, uh, my doubts about him. And I just think Jordan Mailata, even regardless of Andre Dillard, what I think of him, I just think, you know, Jordan Mailata is going to be the superior player. So. I still feel like this is Jordan Mailata's job to lose ultimately, but it does seem I, I like Jordan Mailata's approach too. A, a lot of you know was made about uh, Dillard, but J- Jordan was like, "Hey, I need to earn this. Like, I haven't, I didn't like deserve this job based on how I played last year. Like, right. I have to earn this." So, so that's you know he's saying the right things too, and I think it's it's a good competition. It seems like on the surface, although I think you know there's much more incentive for uh, Jordan Mailata to win the job because he's younger. And oh, then I guess you could argue that though, depending on the contract of Dillard and everything. But I think Andre Dillard is not going to win this job. I think it's going to be Jordan Mylot. I agree, and I, like I, I, I've kind of beaten this into the, into the ground. But I think Jordan Mylot is a better football player right now, and his weaknesses I think are less damning than Dillard's weaknesses. Like Mylot struggles a little bit with speed around the edge, whereas Dillard struggles with anchoring. Like he's getting put on roller skates by power rushes and uh, given the choice between the two, I'd rather have the guy that just won't get run over. <laughs> so that's for me, that's Jordan Mailata. So anyway, uh, next observation, should we do one more before we go to break, I guess here? Well, well let's take a break, Jimmy, because okay. I really need to tell you, I'm dying to tell you about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, the premier snack in the universe, according to some. And you can get it for yourself by going to RighteousFelon.com using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. I mean, if you don't think it's a good meat snack, well, and if you like the Eagles, then you're just really conflicted because this snack You're just a jerk if you don't like meat. Very true, Jimmy. But also, like, this snack is at the Eagles Novacare Complex. So, I mean, the players are fueling up on it. Um, Nick Sirianni, potentially, I don't know if he is or not, but he could, in theory, you know, be, be, maybe this is what's giving him so much energy. I mean, who knows? Who can say for sure? So, why don't you go to rightdesellin.com, uh, and get yourself some craft jerky and also go to wildnaturepet.com, just like Rich Bobby did to get some dog treats for his dog and you use the same discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Jimmy, back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on BGN Radio, about three seconds after you heard me talk about wildnaturepet.com, because breaks on podcasting are lies and really only an opportunity for us to put in the uh, ads that we do. So, Jimmy, 
I took the opportunity what? during your ad read, by the way, to change okay. Deontay Burnett to Quez Watkins, by the way. Oh, that's what you were talking I heard the typing. I was wondering <laughs> what it was. Okay. All right. So uh, next observation is that Nick Sirianni is employing fun little games during mm. uh, his uh, practices. Uh, the first of which we saw, which was a little competition between uh, Devontae Smith and Travis Fulgham, in which they were using the football on a string device. And uh, I don't know, just check out either of our Twitter feeds, I guess, if you want to take a look at what they're actually doing. But um, they're, throwing, they're, basically the the <laughs> they're basically throwing the ball to they're basically throwing the ball to themselves. And I guess the idea is the first one to drop the ball loses. Um, they just kept going. Neither of them dropped it. And uh, eventually they just go, okay, we got to get back to practice. So like they, they ended it later in practice. They had another drill with the defensive backs. We couldn't see it, uh, but it was apparently some kind of speed drill. The player like, so by the way, th- like this doesn't just happen within, you know, the defensive backs. Um, Cause like all different positional groups, they all practice like on their own during individual drills. This wasn't just the defensive backs on their own. Like the, the entire team comes over and they watch these little mini competitions. So they had a defensive backs one. Again, like I said, it was revolving around speed. We didn't get to see it. We were blocked by the wall of players watching them. And then apparently later during the practice, um, Nick Sirianni revealed that there were other competitions. One was between, I think, what did he say? Brandon Graham and Josh Sweat and some kind of lineman drill. There was one between uh, Eric, Wilson. And Eric Wilson. Yeah, well, they played ping pong or something like that. And Dallas Goddard smoked him. There. Okay. And then uh, uh, Nick and Sirianni then himself – uh, had a three-point contest with Greg Ward. Apparently, Greg Ward smoked him, and mm-hmm. uh, he gave props to Jake Elliott, like you just said, for just being good at everything. And that's true. Mm-hmm. Like he during the uh, baseball thing, let, let, home run Carson Wentz's thing. Yeah, he like apparently he was like awesome. Like he and Richard Rogers were the <laughs> were the two best baseball players uh, on the team. And uh, yeah, apparently he's good at like all those like hand-eye coordination type of uh, type of games. So um, yeah, I think it's interesting, and uh, you know, I, I don't know if people are going to poke fun at him for for that kind of stuff. I don't know why they would, but I think it's fun, and it's uh, a way that you know he can sort of lighten up the practice a little bit. NFL practices get boring sometimes. Any practice gets with college practice. Like if you played any kind of high school sports, practices get really boring. So if you can break them up and have these little mini competitions that you can sort of fit in between, it's fun. And I think it's good. And and I like that uh, he's trying to connect with his players in that way. Uh, three points here, Jimmy. First one, a question. Can you hear the thunder uh, outside? It's uh, yeah, it's, my it's, place? it's creeping up on us too. Okay. It's really loud. It hasn't so, started uh, raining or anything yet, but the, the I mean, the, you can see like the winds are coming in like a little mm-hmm. bit, like the a little bit of like a little bit of the calm before the storm. It, but it, yeah, it's coming here in a second. Yeah. So if the power goes out and this pod gets interrupted, there you go. Um, hopefully not. Uh, number two, I don't think this is completely new. Like Doug Peterson had competitions. He definitely did. I remember like even the Eagles like showing videos of it. I mean, maybe some of the formats are different and the amount and the extent is different and certainly us seeing them in a practice is different but i don't want to say it's like this whole totally new thing um there might just be more of an emphasis on it mm-hmm. i think the line that nick sirianni used is like you know it was like why do, why do you have these competitions and he's like you because we want to practice get get like it's obvious but like it, like you have to practice competing, practice being basically. competitive yeah yeah it, it's not just about like what you're doing but like the mindset of like being in a competitive mindset and that's go that speaks to the you know the rock paper scissors of it all like when they're trying to evaluate pro- draft prospects they want guys who are extremely competitive and i think that's 
we talk about big win in our energy, Jimmy, like that's, you know, that's the right kind of thing to value. Now, again, how you measure it is up for debate, um, but that's good. And three, so your point about like fun, and I think you, you do a good job with this, Jimmy, in terms of like writing and everything, keeping things in the perspective is like, thank you. My it's, it's just sports. It's sports. Like, it's, yeah. yeah like, it's, it's just supposed to be fun. Yeah. Like, and so when like discourse becomes toxic and everything, and I'm just as guilty of anyone as taking things too seriously sometimes, um, and being defensive, but, uh, it's good to check yourself in that regard. And it reminds me when you were talking about like coaches doing this, uh, I had a rec league basketball coach, Jimmy, named Coach Dav. This is like when I was in like, mm, maybe seventh grade or so. Uh-huh. So I was pretty young. And uh, it was just like, it was the funnest team we had. Like yeah. he was like this young dude who would have us do like, like he'd have us play knockout, but he'd like, let us like be like, like knock the other person's like ball out of the way. Like, he, <laughs> right, like right. He'd have us be, I'm pretty sure he would just do this, like just to have fun and yeah. like watch a bunch of kids like go crazy. He'd also do like this drill where like he would roll the ball out on the floor to like a certain point and you had to wait for it until it crossed like a certain line, but then you had to sprint and like go and fight for the loose ball on the floor. Like he had us do stuff like that and uh, it was fun. And we had like a really good team um, for, for rec league standards. So, and I, but I felt like not only a good team in terms of successful, but like a good ke- team chemistry more so than other teams that I played for growing up. So I think there's something to that. And, uh, and that's nice to see. I had a, a head coach, uh, seventh, eighth grade basketball. And, uh, I wasn't starting early in the year and then I got a start and um, I was playing guard. Uh, I was like a taller guard and uh, like normally I would play the two guard if I was playing guard, but I found myself on this like super slippery, quick, small point guard and like he smoked me, like got right around (laughs) me and he got a layup. And I mean, this is like one minute into the game and this coach, boom, took me out. It just Mm. took me out of the game. I shouldn't have been, I shouldn't have been on that player to begin with. Took me out of the game. Did not go in the game the rest of the game because mm. I because I got beat on the like the first offensive series of the game. He took me out and I didn't go back in. I hated that coach with every fiber of my being. I would much rather played for the coach that you had. <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. He also uh, got us like a bunch of free pizzas after the season. Yeah, like, took us out, and he said it was like because like this the the pizza owner like owed him like ga- like some kind of gambling debt. <laughs> he was just like a fun dude. That's really great. fun dude. Yeah. I, anyway, shout out to Coach Stop. I don't know where he is. And just like but, Doug, uh, he, he he treated the players to ice cream. Yeah, you know, look, you ice just, cream's good. Pizza's yeah. good. You know, yeah, you don't life, have to be life is to, short. You don't have to be a jerk. Just it's not it, that serious. You can make it fun. Sure. Um, so I like it. Uh, my next thing, Jimmy, okay. is that, and shout out to Bo Wolf for noticing this. I didn't pick up on this because I was kind of watching the De- defensive Smith. backs. But yes, he noted that with the defensive backs, uh, you had Anthony Harris and Rodney McLeod as your first team safeties, which mm-hmm. no surprise. And then Darius Slay is one of your starting cornerbacks. Did you notice? Again. I'm sorry to cut you off, but did you notice like McLeod doing stuff? Um, I did see him running around a little bit, I think. Huh. But yeah, like this is, you know, there's no, to, for, to remind everyone, this isn't like seven on seven and 11 on 11. It was just. But he's still not that far aired. removed from his torn ACL. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was early December. Yeah. I mean, he said he thinks he's going to be ready for week one. Yeah. Okay. So, so like but, I had know. him as like a lock for the, for the pup list to at least start Same. training camp, but eh, maybe that's wrong. I don't know. We'll see. He felt like he kind of came back in good time last year. Or the, sorry, the last time he yeah. tore his ACL and everything. Bad remember, season. And he, like, he was hobbled by it. And then he, he had a good year last year until he tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I'm sorry to cut you off. You're saying uh, and Harris CB2. and McLeod were, and then yeah, and then Slade was the one corner, of course, and the other outside corner was drumroll, please, Michael Jaquette, Jimmy, <laughs> Michael Jaquette. The third is CB2. Okay. Uh, the way I put that in my practice notes today is like probably not an ideal setup when Michael Jaquette is your CB2 heading into training camp. So that's where the Eagles are at right now. And by the way, Vontae Maddox in the nickel is playing in the slot. So it's potential. I mean, there could have been a potential setup there where they weren't in nickel and Maddox was on the outside. Just in theory, I'm saying that. I don't know. Um, but Jimmy, there's been a lot of talk, obviously, about CB2 and how barren it is. So this mm-hmm. isn't like a revelation or anything. But just kind of seeing it, Michael get there kind of like helps crystallize it. And I wanted to ask you about something I saw that you wrote for phillyvoice.com mm-hmm. in your mailbag. Because I think a lot of Eagles fans out there, Jimmy, have pretty much like the consensus opinion is like, need to sign Steven Nelson. He's out there. Like, go get him. And the Eagles have cap space now, too. That af- That's after June 1st. But you had a different take on the situation. Yeah, I get, I'm surprised that this is a contrarian take, by the way. But um, like Steven Nelson's fine. <laughs> like he's, he's a solid starting NFL corner. But like, I mean, we're not talking about an impact player here. And he's got seven interceptions. And I think one forced fumble like over the over his career, which I think is six seasons. Um, a couple of years ago, he signed three year deal. It's worth like twenty six million, and he felt that he outperformed that contract, and that contributed to his ultimate release uh, from Pittsburgh. And he's the best available cornerback on the market. So, uh, best available quarterback on the market. Eagles desperately need a CB two. Mm-hmm. Marry those up. Bing bang boom done. Problem is like. If he thought he outperformed a three-year deal worth $26 million, he's going to want to make a lot of money. And if he doesn't make a lot of money, then he's probably – I mean, the, the, the he like is in a situation where he was unable to sort of maximize his, um, his payday uh, because he got released like into April. So like um, like a month after the start of free agency. When, when that happens, you know, those guys typically – sign one year deals and they're like one year kind of prove it type deals and they're so that they can test the market again the following season. So if you can sign them on a one year deal, uh, you can get them for like Anthony Harris kind of money. Like if you're, if you can get them for like 5 million or less or something like that, then yeah, by all means, go ahead, go sign that guy for a year and, and you can go and whatever. And that's fine. But he's probably not going to sign a multi-year deal, which is what, you know, which would, be really the only reasonable way that you you would want to have him if you're the Eagles. Like if he solves one cornerback spot for like, uh, you know, for over the long term, then fine. But he's not going to sign a deal unless it's like a quote unquote, like day one, a free agency type of long-term offer that clearly he, you know, he's not getting because he would have signed somewhere by now if he had been. So like he's going to sign a one-year deal. And if you're the Eagles, you're not a contender. Like you're not a Super Bowl contender this year. Mm. So there's no way that you're going to spend like 10 million or more for like a, a corner of his caliber because it's just he's here for a year and he'll probably be gone the next year unless you pony up big time money for him at some point during the season. And I, I just don't see why you would sign a guy for a one year deal for a really substantial amount of money. When you're not a Super Bowl contender. And the other thing I'll point out too, like uh, a few weeks ago, I had sort of put together 
a um uh, a post on the positions that are likely to be strong in the 2022 draft and uh there are a lot of corners that could potentially go uh day 1 and and and, and excuse me round 1 and round 2 and for me if I'm the Eagles I'd want to keep like sort of all my options open seeing as they have three first round picks um well, potentially three first round picks. Um, it's just, it's just not a player that I think is that it's not a situation where you want to spend a lot of money, in my opinion. Like just get a band aid, get that guy, band aid type player, let that guy kind of get you through the 2021 season and then sort of reevaluate at the end of the year. It's not because that guy is not going to be the difference between you winning a Super Bowl and not. It's just, it's, it's just not going to be the case. I agree with you completely, Jimmy. Um, the only way I'm signing him and the only way. I don't think he's going to sign. For, like, it's interesting because he clearly values himself way more than he's getting the offers he's getting. He's right. still out there. Um, he'll be he'll sign with someone at some point. Yes, but man, can you hear the beeping too now? <laughs> it's like total I wasn't sure mess. if that was I wasn't sure if that was outside my house or total, yours. total mess here. Uh, <laughs> trying to do this podcast, but we'll roll with the punches. All right, um, don't, don't let uh, just tune out the noise like Andre Dillard. Yeah, I just gotta I just gotta perform. Um, <laughs> And not get rattled. So yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think my thing, Jimmy, having having the pulse of the fans like I do. Uh, I mean, kind of seriously though, just reading the comments at Bleeding Green Nation, and seeing yeah, that's you know, the strength of your website Twitter. for sure. Yeah, like I think a lot of fans don't really want to admit, which is fine. But like a lot of fans think about it as like they are I, be, not that they necessarily are contending, but they don't want to rule it out. Like a lot of, I don't think people are, are going into this year thinking it is a transition period, which those two words were literally used by Jeffrey Lurie. Right. And it seems like apparent with, you know, moves they've made that they are not actively all in this year and nor should they be to their credit. Um, so when you have a hole like that at quarterback, it's not ideal. But again, I'm still looking for a guy who I've said a billion times and you probably already know the name I'm about to say, if you listen to the podcast before, it's like Gary, I'm at least yeah. someone like that. Like that's the perfect guy to take a chance on. And he's probably not going to be good. And maybe he can't even be signed at all because his injury situation. And that's why he's still out there. Who knows? I don't know. But yeah, I, I just don't think it makes sense to add a veteran at that spot. If it's going to cost much, if it's like cheap, super cheap. Sure. Like why not? But I, I don't think it is. And it's kind of just an unideal situation. It just like even. For it not being a all-in year, Jimmy, they have to have more corner. Mm-hmm. They just have to. Like they can't. I, I I can acknowledge it might be like you know a meaningless year or quote unquote. People don't like that in some sense, but like you can't have like literally nothing at cornerback, and that's what they have right now. Like, like J- Michael Jaquette, and I don't even dislike Michael Jaquette. I thought he showed some promise. Yeah, Arizona game, he was good. Like he, there there were times during the season last year where there were there were uh, good feelings about Michael Jaquette. But I can't. You can't go into the season with him as your starter. Like you can't, or at least you can't go into training camp before with him. that Dallas game. That was, <laughs> yeah. Like he, you could have, you could go into the season with him as your starter if he lights it up in training camp and he outperforms yeah. awesome. But like you can't just be like handing him the job. Like that's crazy. And I don't think they will. Um. But yeah, just point of all this, I guess, is the cornerback position really is dire as we thought it was. Not a shock, but just seeing Jaquette in there in the lineup today is like, up, oh, yep, yeah. That's that's not. Great. That's not well, ideal. The, the takeaway there, I think, is that they're, they at least have uh, acknowledged that Avante Maddox is not an outside corner. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> Which I didn't think that uh, – like I didn't think it was a 0% chance that uh, 
you know, that he wouldn't be on the outside again. <laughs> Devontae Maddox, mm-hmm. that is. Uh, but it, it is a good sign that they had him in the slot and they had a different player on the outside. They at least realized that he can't play on the outside, I think. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I, I wouldn't rule out. It, it could happen. Um What's your? Do you have any other ones, Jimmy? Are you yeah, out? I guess I liked. Uh, I mean, again, we're just kind of getting used to, uh, you know, the new drills that uh, a new staff's going to bring in. Like that was a fun thing to do when Chip first got here with the fly swatter guys and you know all, all the various stuff that that he brought with him. Uh, but one of the drills that I liked was uh, the fumble drill. Did you see that with the uh, with the running backs? They had a ball. Yeah, who attack. got got? I saw you all of them. The- all of them. Like okay. all of them did. Like that. That drill is hard. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you got it's like they're, they're all concentrating. They all know that the ball's they're, they're trying to get the ball ripped out. They're all concentrating on like, you know, three pointing it and holding it tight and strong. And that guy like so just to set up the drill, it's the the running backs are going through like a little uh, obstacle course type, thing. not obstacle course, but like they're going through not ropes, but cones, whatever you want to call it. And they're going like back and forth. And the football that they're holding on to has a string attached to it. And there's a guy a coach that's it's got like a handle on the other end of that string and he's just yanking at the ball (laughs) while there's another coach behind him with a boxing glove on a stick and they're (laughs) jamming the boxing glove into the into the football from the other side it's like it's like legitimately hard to just to hold on to the football with you know the guy yanking at the ball and the other guy punching at it with the with the boxing glove on a stick and uh yeah everyone uh i think uh from the running back group you know, did let go of the ball. I think there were like, I saw Jordan Howard at one point uh, after like he had the ball yanked away from him. Like he, he almost kind of like hurt his wrist, <laughs> like trying to hold onto the ball. So like, it was a hard drill and they're all like laughing about it. The, the running backs, like watching the other, the other backs go. Like when there was another running backs turn, like the other running backs were kind of like smiling and laughing and like about, uh, you know, watching them kind of struggle with holding onto the ball, but it'll be kind of fun to like, if they continue to do that drill, it'll be kind of fun to watch like how much better they get at it. But like, it was really sort of strength training almost in terms of like uh wrist strength, wrist strength and, and hand strength and being able to hold onto the football because football, excuse me, fumbles, you know, were an issue in 2020, mm-hmm. of course, not just with Carson Wentz and with Jalen Hurts, but um how many fumbles did Miles have? He had four, and it was tied for third most among running backs. Okay, so it was an issue last year, and uh, it's it's an area that uh, Miles was it was a concern area of his uh, his you know coming into his rookie year turned out not to be a big deal his rookie year, but his second year in the league uh, that uh, his pass protection and obviously his receiving you know weren't issues as rookies, but they were last year. So uh, they, they do seem to be trying to correct some of the uh, problem areas of his season to go. Uh, so two points on that. Again, on Sanders, too, I think his fumbles were high, and he didn't have, like, the most attempts, you know, of all the like, – I think the running backs above him were, like, even more workhorse running backs. So if you looked at fumble rate, yeah, okay, like, probably right. not good for him. Yeah. So definitely needs to get better. And some of those were crushing, or at least, like, the one – the Browns one was. I remember early in the game, you know, they, they have that promising drive. Oh, that's like, right. Early in the yep. game, and then it just gets – and then everything is, like, downhill from there. Like, it's like those can be, like, really crushing plays. Um. And then uh, the other thing I wanted to say uh, about Miles Sanders, because I saw this in your post too, about like who could be the next Eagles pro bowler, mm-hmm. like who's going to be the next one. Um, and you had Miles Sanders, I believe, is the, well, the most likely. So that was a mistake too that I had to delete. I didn't. Did you realize this? He actually made the pro bowl last year? I don't agree with this <laughs> assessment. 
He was named to the Pro Bowl by like this fan <laughs> vote for the video game thing. I don't think he's officially yeah, a Pro Bowler. Well, am, it says I'm, it on his Wikipedia page. I looked somewhere yeah. else for Pro Bowlers, and he wasn't but, on it. So it wasn't like I, I didn't fact check it when I had him. It's in that not minute. on his Pro yeah. <laughs> Football reference page. And I'm pretty sure because the Eagles – because Brandon Graham – Posted a picture of himself on that wall the Eagles have of Pro Bowlers. Oh, and he was on there. Okay, and so the Eagles was on it. Miles it. Sanders on it. So I don't think that I don't okay. think the Eagles like officially recognize that canonically as a real. It shouldn't be. It was a fan <laughs> vote. It was a fan. It was like, a, and it wasn't a fan vote like during the Pro Bowl selection process. It was like a fan vote after the Pro Bowlers were picked already. So I'm not trying to hate on Miles Sanders here. I just don't think that's like a legit Pro Bowl. Like, and it wasn't. And it was a video game thing. Yeah, and it, yeah, wasn't, it wasn't deserved. deserved like he, he had a he had a really good year as a runner, like unquestionably. Yes. Like he had he was one of the rare players that actually made plays last year. But mm-hmm. in pass protection, as a receiver, and in the fumbling uh-huh. department, he yep. was really bad. Bad, yeah. So that's not a Pro Bowl player on the on the aggregate there. Anyway, yes. um, I think he can rebound though. I'm not down on Miles Sanders by any means. Just to be clear, just to say. By the way, that. just, just to, to clarify just, that. Just a, just a quick uh, aside on Miles Sanders, and we're like, we're coming up against another break here. But um, just in a, as an aside, like early in his rookie year, um, he struggled as like we talked about how he was good in pass protection and as receiver and with the fumbles. But he was not good as a runner. It was weird that, like, the, mm-hmm. the thing that we thought he would be good at right away, he wasn't. He did, like, he a lot of dancing. dancing in the backfield uh, when he got the ball. And, um, you know, he was asked about it pretty bluntly by reporters after a few weeks of the season. And he was totally, like, like he totally acknowledged that he yeah. had to be better there. And he did. And he worked at it. And he got better at it. So he's a guy that I think yes. isn't one of these guys that, like, thinks he's better than he is. He realizes when he, when he's, when he has faults. And he's going to try to correct him and get better at him. Totally agree. And that's a big reason why I would not like be out on him or down on him. Like I would with some other players who might be a different way. Uh, but Jimmy. Eagles and Sixers alike. Yes. Eagles. <laughs> oh, who could you possibly be talking about there? Uh, Jimmy, why don't you tell me more about Kristen Roach from Roach Realtors? Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, she's the greatest, 856-906-9295, Back here on BGN Radio for our final segment, Jimmy. We have this written down in the show notes for last week. And I'm assuming, by the way, we're done with your observations, right? You didn't have Yeah, yeah that's good enough, yeah. Yeah, same with me. I mean, we're kind of stretching there at the end anyway. I was going to say Aaron Sipos at one point, the punter. He had a 4.48 <laughs> hang time on one of the punts I timed him on, which would have been fifth best in the league on average last year. So there you go. Really exciting. Um, but anyway, you had this marked down on the show sheet last week. We didn't get to it because we let long... You asked the question, where do you have the Eagles ranked in terms of NFL-wide in the NFC and then the NFC East? Let's do them in reverse order on that, though. So where would you have them? I was going to say, NF- that makes the most sense. Yeah, where would you have them NFC East? So I have them fourth, Jimmy, in the <laughs> NFC East, although okay. as I did record prediction, I had them, what, eight and nine this mm-hmm. year when yeah. I did it with you? And then I did it with RJ on the NFC East mixtape, and we actually went through – we didn't go game by game for each team on right. the podcast but we did that activity on our own and said the records at the end of it. Okay. And I came out with this weird scenario where Washington wins the division at nine and eight and every other team goes eight and nine. Okay. Um, so it's not a, like, like 
you know, huge drop off from the other teams. So I do have them fourth. How would you rank them? The division. I, I would put Washington first right now. Um, I think they have the best head coach. I think Fitzpatrick is kind of being a little bit underrated as a quarterback. And I just don't like Mike McCarthy at all. (laughs) I don't trust him a bit. Yeah, I can see. Um, I know Dak's good, but I think, I think Dak's early season last year is being a little bit romanticized too. Like he wasn't going to keep on that pace he was on. And by the way, those numbers he was posting, like there were some empty numbers in there. The team was losing. Like they weren't good. He wasn't like killing teams and he was posting great numbers. He was like posting these numbers because they kept getting the ball back because their defense couldn't stop anyone. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I have the Cowboys two and then I have the Giants three and then Eagles last. What about you? I have Cowboys one. Because uh, mm. I do think that Dak is substantially better than any other quarterback in the division. Um, I do like, coming off injury though. I do like the Washington Football Team's roster from top to bottom. Quarterback yes. aside, of course, better than any other team in the division. I actually think they're significantly better than and any coaching other. staff. Yeah, I like Rivera. Um, Cowboys. Uh, I think you know, even though I'm not a big. Oh man, what's the defensive coordinator's name again? Former, Jack Del Rio or no, Dan no, Quinn? No, no. Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn. Um, I can't believe I couldn't think of that. I like I don't, I'm not a big Dan Quinn guy, but he's going to be an upgrade over. Uh, I can't remember his name either. Nolan, uh, Deontay Burnett. Is who you're looking at? <laughs> Nolan, uh, Mike Nolan, Mike Nolan. Who, Total uh, joke of a hire, by the way. <laughs> yes, like I mean, he's been a terrible defensive coordinator in the last two or three stops or whatever. It was pretty predictable that he was going to be good. Yeah, their defense is trash and. Uh, mm. And it remains tri- – actually, they're sniffing around, apparently, Geno Atkins. Um, last year, they signed – or they signed uh, they signed Gerald McCoy. Uh, who and Everson wound up Griffin. Get, getting hurt, like, immediately. Um, so, anyway, they're, they're going back to that well. Their, their defense is garbage. But, uh, you know, I do think that Dak uh, – and their – I mean, those, those receivers in Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb. Lamb very quietly had a pretty good year last year. 70-something catches, 900-something yards. Only five touchdowns, but that's only going to go up. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Zeke is cooked, but that offensive line is still good enough. Like they're on the downswing, but they're still good Maybe. enough. So if I don't they know. stay healthy, I, I think they're. I mean, it's kind of a toss-up. Who's better, like the Cowboys' offense or the football team defense? Hmm. What would you take? Uh, I would take the football team defense, even though I think defense isn't a sticky year to year, and that concerns me. But I think people are overrating the health concern like i said this before my biggest fear jimmy that the cowboys would have done in this draft was not take a cornerback with their first round pick mm-hmm. it was that they would have taken an offensive lineman because i think their offensive line isn't in good shape especially if it gets hurt again like i think their offensive line could easily like unravel this season i would have definitely taken rashawn slater over Michael Parsons, if I were them. Yes. For sure. And when they were on the clock, like I was like, I was, okay, well, this is going to be Rashawn Slater here. And mm. nope. <laughs> so, uh, well, I thought the Giants were going to take him once Devontae was gone. And then, of course, they traded out. Um, anyway, um, so then I have Giants three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's close between the Giants and the Eagles. I don't think the Giants are good at all. I'm not a Daniel Jones guy, even a little mm. bit. Their offensive line still sucks. They do have good skill position players. They do have good pieces on defense. Like I like their secondaries fine, uh, but they don't have a pass rush. And um, I mean, their linebackers are good, I guess, but like, it's just not a team that I, I don't like the, like Gettleman's been getting better at least. Like he's at yeah. least, you know, not making like absurd There's moves. There's some good moves. <laughs> like, in, and they've, they've drafted a okay ish. 
Um, but I just don't, I just don't like uh, the way that their roster is constructed at all, but I would still give them a slight edge over the Eagles. Yeah. Do you think the Giants win more games than they do last year? Which is like what? Like six? They're six and 10? Yes. I think they're a okay. seven and 10 team. <laughs> the one more game. <laughs> All right. Same number uh, of losses, one more win. Yeah. I mean, I think with the Eagles, you know, like they have the worst quarterback in the division, arguably. You could say Daniel Jones is better than Jalen, or you could say Daniel Jones is worse than Jalen Hurts. And maybe I think the fumbles are a big issue with Daniel Jones. I'm not in on Daniel Jones, Jimmy. I wouldn't say that, but I. Like I've seen some things from him. He's got like, ability. I've seen, yeah, that's what I mean. Like he's not a total stiff. Like he's not like Mitch Trubisky. He's not Dwayne Haskins, where it's just like this guy is like so obviously yes. not. Like there's nothing. I don't see anything here. Like at all. Like I've seen some things with Daniel Jones, and I think again, take this for what it's worth. But like PFF had him as like their top graded deep ball passer last year, and now he has Kelly Galladay, who's like a legit deep ball threat right. to work with. Um. And, you know, if you want to say Tony is, you know, can get down the field too, whatever. And but, Slayton like, and, and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, and they just signed Kyle Rudolph. So they they have like – and Saquon Barkley is a good receiver. So they have skill position players in numbers. I had them – so I had them at eight wins. So I think they can be a little bit better than they mm-hmm. were last year. I don't think that's – and their quarterbacks are really good too. I mean, you have – or if Adoree Jackson is healthy, assuming – Yeah, and I mean, Bradbury is awesome and Bradbury. Yeah, like that's, that's pretty good. So anyway – uh, what, where do you have them, though, in the NFC? So I think they're clearly better than the Detroit Lions, who are, like, potentially the worst team in the NFL. And then... Hmm. Like... Who's definitely... <laughs> the the question I had is, who is definitely worse than them in the NFC? Who is, like, without a doubt, you can't the even Lions. argue it, worse. The Lions. Yeah, but and who else is what I'm I saying? I don't think there are any other teams that are mm-hmm. definitely worse than them. Like, you can make Maybe arguments the, for the Panthers. The Panthers, yeah. Uh, I just Darnold. I don't know. I like Matt Rule, but I don't like the quarterbacks he he likes. <laughs> if if they if the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers, I think I don't know though how many wins that guy is worth is going to be really interesting. Because what they win thirteen games last year, I think he could possibly yeah. be worth as many as like eight wins. That guy. What, so like, what if Jordan loves like good? I don't know. He, I don't know if he is. I'm. I, just, I don't know. Yeah, could I, mean, be. I don't know. Either. Thunder's really hammering away here now, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, and you, I mean, did you see the thing <laughs> oh, with the Packers, too? Uh, I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. Like, where all like the receivers didn't show up <laughs> for OTAs, which is uh, alarming to say the least. Mm. I think the Saints are uh cruising for uh, a little decline. Mm-hmm. With Breeze gone, yeah, well, that's ever- not talked about enough. Just assuming like Jameis Winston's like a starting quarterback, like what are we talking about? He threw what thirty interceptions the last time he was a starter. Yeah, whether he, it's he him or Taysom, I mean, whether it's him or Taysom Hill, like yeah. Taysom Hill isn't a starting quarterback either. So no. yeah, I mean the, those the, the, there's not, it's not and the Falcons, you know, maybe if they mm-hmm. you know if they trade Julio, like their best I think player. I think they're going to be probably a little better than, than they were a year ago too. But I mean, they only won four games last year, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, th- those those are the bottom feeders that we just named, and the Giants. You can maybe throw in that mix too. But the only team that I think is definitively, unquestionably worse than the Eagles are the Detroit Lions, and that is it. And then that takes us to the NFL as a whole. And I did some NFL power rankings, Jimmy, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Talked about it on the Oddcast on the SB Nation NFL show. Shout out to that program, which you should be subscribing to, rating, reviewing, following, all those good things. I had the Eagles 27th 
in my power rankings, I will tell you the only teams that I had worse, and they are the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And in part because I don't know what's going on with Joe Burrow's health, and that kind of just, I don't know. If he's not healthy, then I just really don't like them at all. If he is healthy, that kind of changes things. Uh, the Jags, do I need to explain? The not. Jets, the Lions, and then the Houston Texans, who just really oh, should be. Oh, the Texans are worse off than the Lions. I, I yeah. yeah. Totally agree. Like, their Tyrod Taylor is going to be their starter, Jimmy. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No, they're they're so, a mess. Obviously, uh, you know, sort of. You know, I'm going to throw an underdog team in there too. Hmm. The Raiders. I agree. Horrible defense, and I think Derek Carr sort of outplayed his ability. Like they actually got good play out of him, and they still kind of stunk. So, uh, yeah. And so, by the way, you said you had, you had him 27th. I did a yeah. like a power ranking roundup, and uh, mm-hmm. the average of uh, the eight publications that uh, I rounded up was exactly twenty seventh. So uh, there you, you go, were right on par with. That. And I was actually was a little bit skewed because uh, one guy had him at like I think like twenty third. So otherwise, they'd have been like their average would have been like twenty eighth. So uh, yeah, I'd have them definitively over the Lions, over the Texans. I'm kind of wishy washy on the Bengals. I just haven't paid any attention to them, so I just don't. I just don't know what the the rest of the roster really looks like. But uh, as you mentioned, Joe Burrow, you just don't know. And then uh, probably the Jets too. Like hmm. it'll be interesting to see, you know, what Kyle Wilson can do with with them. Uh, but the rest of the Zach roster Wilson. is. What did I say? Kyle Wilson. Kyle that was their first round was, pick in what, like 2008 oh, or yeah, something. Cornerback. Yeah. From uh, uh, Boise State. Oops. Uh, but yeah, Sorry. the rest, the rest of the roster. Oh, you know what? But you know, Joe's building an offensive line there at least. So, uh, yeah. they got a little something going on there. Maybe they're, I think they're heading in the right direction, but they're still a pretty bad team. I agree. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think this is a sobering kind of exercise. The way that I look at it, Jimmy, <laughs> is it's not, I'm not trying to be negative. About yeah, the right. Right. It's just what they, it's, I mean, it's just what they are. What are you going to do? I think the key thing to me is that this team does not deserve the benefit of the doubt. If you're giving them the benefit of the doubt, that's your choice. It is a choice as people say, but that's on you. I don't need to be giving this team the benefit of the doubt. Why? Why should I be from everything they've done since they won the Super Bowl? They like they had goodwill at that point and they did deserve the benefit of the doubt for a time and they threw it away. Like they, they don't deserve it anymore. This team, the onus is on them to prove it. It shouldn't be like a situation where, uh, so if the Eagles do well this year, I don't want to hear like, oh, like, you know, all you guys thought they sucked, but because they, because yeah, reasonably we should think that if they prove us wrong, great, good for them. I hope it happens. But like, I just don't think you can go into the season realistically expecting them like to be this great team. I just, I don't, I don't see it. They can compete for the division. Maybe sure in the but same way. Say, in the, it doesn't <laughs> say much about them as much as it does right. about the division. In the same way, all four teams in the division could, you know, were competing for it last year because they were all bad. So, uh, you know, if they're all bad again, then yeah, they can compete for the division. But uh, if you know, I think anyone that wins the NFC East is again like this past year, boom, one and done in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just what they are. It's just not a very good roster. Like, there's no way that anyone can look. Just compare this Eagles. Don't for, forget about Eagles versus the rest of the league. Compare this Eagles team to Eagles teams of the last four years heading into the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you can't see that they're clearly worse off than those teams were, I don't know what to tell you. 
I think, though, you have to look at the rest of the league. Like, that's something I feel like people kind of might lose track of because a lot of people are like, oh, the Eagles upgraded this offseason. Right. Like, everybody, they, they, everybody they got did. better here. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, they're not the only team you can say that for. Like, a lot of teams were, and a lot of teams were starting from a much better place and then also potentially got better. Yes. So, like, it's all relative. And I just don't think proportionally, like, the Eagles have gotten better to the point where, where they're surpassing all these other teams. Look, I think it could be a year where it's kind of like a nice year. Like for them, like again, if they get to eight and nine, like that's kind of disappointing in a sense of like you're competing. But if it, if you're going into the season with very low expectations, then you're like, all right, that's pretty good. Like we hung in there, we kind of lasted until the end of the season. We made those uh, games competitive down the stretch. Like I think that's fine. And obviously, what they do next off season is really going to be like the biggest pivotal thing for this team in terms of quarterback or or figuring that out. That's what if we want to boil this season down to one thing, it's all about. Jalen Hurts, right? It's how he performs. It's like, does he perform Mm -hmm. to the level where he looks like a franchise quarterback? And I think if he's anything short of that, then they're going to look to move on. Of course. They're going to look to pivot. Like, they're not going to hesitate at all. So that's what it's all about, really. Like, we can talk about roster, whatever, offensive line. Like, none of it matters if you don't have the quarterback, right? At the end of the day, at a very basic level. And we don't know if they do right now. I have hope for Jalen Hurts that he deserves a shot. And he could be the guy. Like I would give a non-zero percent chance that Jalen Hurts can be the guy, but I also think it's more likely than not that they're gonna that the Eagles are going to be looking for a new quarterback next offseason, and they're gonna have to nail that spot. Yeah, he's got a chance. We'll see. But uh, I, I would sort of agree. I think it's more likely than not they'll be looking for a quarterback next year too. But, but he's got a chance. Like, but yeah. and, and then beyond Hurts, like I think you know you'd like to see some of their younger players. Um, do something <laughs> like, you know, show some promise this sure. year. Like that's a big thing. And then um actually uh one of the, uh one of the people in my chat this week, I thought had another really good point. Like I think another thing that sort of makes this, or he thought, and I agree with, he thought that another thing that makes this season or can help make this season successful is if we see this team, like have a legit identity. Like we remember like last, last season, you know, Doug was asked, uh, I asked him, <laughs> was asked if, uh, <laughs> you know, what the identity of the team was. And he just, he just didn't have an answer. Like he just nope. really didn't have, like it was just, it was just, you know, it was nothing. Gobbledygook yeah, that like came it was, out of his it was mouth. word salad. <laughs> yes. It was nothing. There's like nothing, no, nothing of substance to his answer whatsoever. So I think that's an important thing. Like, do we see an identity both offensively and defensively out of this team? And, you know, assuming that I, I mean, you can have an idea, an identity and the identity can just be dumb. Like it can be a bad identity. So assuming it's like a, it's, it's, you know, not a dumb identity. It would be nice to actually see one this year when we didn't see that last year. I agree. And with that note, Jimmy, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I did. Uh, uh, I can go if you're, looking I am looking for, for the, I'm looking forward to the Sixers, their playoff run. Uh, mm. Get well soon, Joel. Please. And uh, Please. what did they get? The one o'clock game on Sunday. On Sunday, yes. Do they have the full schedule out already? They do. Are it's they... out. Okay. Look at uh, your your colleague Kyle Newbeck, or check out LibertyBallers dot com. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, I think some complaining about their uh, their time slot on Sunday. That's fine by me. Like I'm like I'm in oh, bed. Yeah. By, I'm in bed by like seven eight o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the lamest. I'm the lamest man in uh, in South Jersey, so uh, <laughs> one o'clock is totally fine by me. But uh, yeah, go. You know, I can be a fan with the Sixers. Go Sixers. Let's get it done. Go Sixers. I would like don't play Embiid. Right, probably game one. Like don't play him. See if you can win without him. Because mm-hmm. then if you can win without him, great. 
Uh, and if you can't, then play him in game two. Um, <laughs> that's my take. Okay. Uh, I really hope he's healthy. It's I can't. I can't even, Jimmy. I can't even. I will not entertain the idea that. Like he can't come back. Like I can't because it's too crushing. I don't. I don't want to think about it. Like I want. I'd rather live my life in denial about it than face the sobering truth. And maybe that is a stance I need to respect more with Eagles fans who feel like I'm too negative or whatever. And that's fine. Look, it's fine. I'm not saying you can fan however you want. That's that's up to you. Anyway, uh, my final thought, Jimmy, is that this is it for Eagles spring workouts, OTAs. It's mm-hmm. done. So we're not going to have. Any shows from now? No, I'm just kidding. Of course we are. We're going to be with you here in the dead zone until Eagles training camp begins on July 27th. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned to BleedingGreenNation.com and PhillyVoice.com for Jimmy and BGN Radio here because we'll have a lot of content for you. We have the Dumpster, Dumpster Fire, Fire series. Seri- uh, season is coming as is, is, will be upon us soon. Both on the website, yes. Philly Voice for you, and then yeah. we'll be yeah. talking about it here in the podcast. Maybe we want to get like some of that work that somehow into the NFC East mixtape with RJ involved. Okay. That could be fun. We can do that. I was thinking like maybe we could. I was wondering if like we, we can talk about this offline and not on air as we <laughs> plan future podcasting. But I was like thinking like maybe it would be fun to like get the perspective of the other people, like Ed, get Ed Valentine for the Giants or something. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll talk through that. Um, rate, review, subscribe to. Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed for all the great episodes we have. Follow BGN underscore radio on Twitter. Follow Bleeding Green on Twitter. Follow Jimmy on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. Check out BleedingGreenNation.com, PhillyVoice.com. Check out RighteousFelon.com, you cowards, and get yourself some Righteous Felon craft jerky by going to that website and using discount code BGN15 for 15% off, and then going to WildNaturePet.com to getting some snatch forgetting some i am totally butchering this forgetting some treats for your pets i don't know why that was so hard to say it's been a long day jimmy i'm running on fumes here at this point yeah. i didn't sleep well last night yeah, I'm sorry um, that, buddy. that's all right I'll, I'll be okay uh thank you though and then i think that's it so we will talk to you next week goodbye everybody P G N. 